Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by Kate Majuk, senior creator, senior content creator at the Gaming Society, and Jake Trowbridge, contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. What's up, guys? I will say, I know I bring this up a lot. Every time I say contributor, I sweat a little. Like, I got hot. I, I'm hot now. Every time I have to say the word, I get nervous. I was so proud of you. I didn't want to say it. I don't want to ruin the flow, but I was so proud of you for getting through it with no issues. I love no that the issues. first time you do get through but the word. My face is flushed because <laughs> I get so nervous. I don't know why you guys make me do this introduction. Anyone else should. I cannot speak. The, the, the fact that you guys let me be a host is absolutely wild. <laughs> the hostess with the mostest. That's right. Okay, so we've gone through two weeks of the NFL season. A lot of players have made me proud. Some players have not. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're a little down on them. So we can discuss that as well as our usual scrumptious starts and fades of the week and then help you out with some flex decisions at the end. So let's just start there with our first conversation because there are certain players that have performed so well that I was not ex- fully expecting. You know, I was kind of on the fence. I'm sure you guys were as well. That it's like, never mind. They should be in your lineup every single week. They stay there unless there's a buyer injury, of course. But who's that guy for you, Jake? Well, I'm going to expound on my scrumptious start from last week or one of them. Just a quick little back, back pat here. <laughs> no big deal. But I love Curtis Samuel, and I'm really impressed with his usage coming into the season. I had no thoughts positively towards Curtis Samuel. <laughs> I had just written him off, but the team did not. You know, he's had 20 targets over the first two games, which is bonkers for any receiver, let alone one catching passes from Carson Wentz. Um, but he's done great things with those. And they've also got him used out of the backfield. Now that continued just a little bit in week two. He is for me kind of the receiver that I want out of Washington. And I'm not going to take him out of my lineups yet. Yeah, it is kind of wild. He just kind of stole all of Terry McLaurin's targets, but we might get into that later. Uh, We definitely will. Kate, who's your guy that you're not taking out of your lineups? Miles Sanders. And why? <laughs> like, why? I would easily take him out of my lineups. Michelle, I am going to get into this in, I don't know, maybe about 10 minutes or so. So I'm not going to spoil Ooh. anything. But I mean, Miles Sanders has been utilized very heavily. He's on a fantastic offense. He's on a high powered scoring offense. And he's been getting the work that I think we've all hoped he would be getting for the last two years. So let's say you drafted Zeke. In the first couple rounds there, but you ended up taking Miles Sanders later. Are you switching those two out? You're saying, Zeke, you're sitting on the bench until you can show me anything. 
And Miles, you're you're getting the start every week. I don't know how deep your fantasy rosters get, but like in my universe, I have room to start both. <laughs> All right. All right. That's fair. But let's say you went with like Christian McCaffrey. No, I'm then... not playing Miles Sanders over Christian <laughs> no, no, McCaffrey. No, 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 no. I'm saying let's say you started with Christian McCaffrey and then went Zeke and then later took Miles. And, you know, you wanted to start two running backs. I'm just asking a question. But Miles what? Sanders, he's in my lineup. All Leave right. me alone. All right. My <laughs> guy. He's finally doing what we all asked him to do. For the last two years and now we're like oh i don't know he's literally giving you what you want my, what more do you want my guy is actually a stud that i don't think anyone on this podcast was high enough on amon ross and brown we're not like, not against him i'll say we were just kind of like right in the middle where we weren't like we weren't certain that he was going to be good this year. We weren't certain he was going to be bad this year. But we're like, we don't really know what his target share is going to look like after last year. Uh, it turns out it's still amazing, right? He's got 12 targets in each of the first two games this season. Uh, killed it last week with that target share. And since week 13 of last year, this is the list of guys who have scored more fantasy points per game than Amon Ross and Brown, including quarterbacks. It's including all positions. That list consists of Cooper Cup. End of list. End of list. He's wow. scoring more fantasy points per game in that time span than Josh Allen, who's third. Like, that's <laughs> absurd what he's doing. Since when? Since week 13, 2021. So it's been a pretty long time now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like that, that's a lot of games. That's what? Uh, eight games. That's eight-game sample size there. And he's scoring more points than Josh freaking Allen. This dude is incredible. And I was still getting questions about him last week. Josh Allen. I should start this guy or this guy. Like, Amon Ross St. Brown is a wide receiver one, and he should be started every single week. He will have a couple bad games, I'm sure, like every other wide receiver, but it's an every single week play does not come out of your lineups. Okay, Michelle, question. So I'm in the super flex, and I can't decide. Josh Allen – or am I <laughs> <laughs> okay, I drafted Cooper Cup first, right? But then if I have to choose between Cooper Cup and Amon Ross St. <laughs> Brown, who do I put in my life? You guys Cooper are, Cup is my QB1. You guys are jerks. <laughs> I'm loving the stat. I was just being funny. That's all I have. That is crazy, though. All right, going to the opposite side, which guy are you sitting until they prove they can score some fantasy points? So, Guys you like coming into the season, but they're just not doing it. And sooner or later, you got to put them on your bench until they do. Jake, who's your person? This is a real timeout for a gentleman that I projected to do great things this year. Adam Thielen, you sit in the corner and think about what you've done or haven't done so far through two weeks because it's been nothing. He's seen 11 targets. It's not like... He's gotten 11 targets, and I don't know when those happened. It doesn't feel like he's really seen the ball at all. Not the scoring threat that I projected. Uh, The offense, it's Justin Jefferson or nothing, apparently. And so until I see anything decent out of Thielen, he's going to sit on my bench. Yeah, it was kind of weird on Monday night. I mean, we know Kirk Cousins stinks on Monday night or just all primetime games. But it was like it was Justin Jefferson or he literally wouldn't do anything else. Like Darius Slay was locking him down and just looked like he should have had like 12 interceptions in that game and it was still just no I'm just gonna keep going to Justin Jefferson it's like you have to have other guys open if (laughs) 
I don't, that was weird, but you're there right. There are six defenders covering Jeff, <laughs> Justin Jefferson, but yet nobody else is open. That, like, just brutal. It was odd. Let's hope things get better all around there with the Vikings after that performance. So Kate, who's your person that you're sitting on the bench until things get better? Are you guys ready for this? You're not sitting this guy on the bench though. I am. All right. Kyle Pitts. Okay. But for who? Like who uh, are you putting in? Logan Thomas who Ooh. was available on most people's waiver wires. But you're not, you're not cutting. Kyle I Pitts. am not. No, do not cut Kyle Pitts. But I think given the usage, it is entirely acceptable to have him on your bench. And you know what? Like tight end is volatile enough that whoever the hell you fill your tight end spot with has a chance at a boom week too. All he probably needs is like three receiving yards and a touchdown to be the tight end one on the week. I think that Kyle Pitts's usage is alarming enough. They're trying to, to win football games here, Kate. They, they don't care. Try harder. Fantasy team. <laughs> they don't want to use their fourth overall pick to help them win fan. Or yeah, they to don't help think, them win football games. They don't think Kyle Pitts would contribute to that the was win the most category. ridiculous answer by him ever. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, when asked about Kyle Pitts' usage, he said, we don't care about fantasy football here. We care about winning games. As they're 0-2, eh? <laughs> and it's like you drafted this guy, you would think, to help you win football games. Maybe so you would maybe not use him. Maybe you would not be 0-2 had you incorporated this man into your game plan whatsoever. One of the most freakish athletes for his size, we can remember, like, a thousand, a cool thousand receiving yards in his first NFL season as an NFL tight end. But we want to win football games. Yeah, let's chill. Let's chill on this guy, this schlub. Let 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 Cordero Patterson do his thing. You know, that's what wide the coach receiver needs. one. All right. Well, my guy, it's Travis Etienne, who was just my guy this whole offseason. I was very excited about him. It seems everyone else is affected by Achilles injuries except. For James Robinson, he's just like, he's exactly the same as before. He's just as good. He can deal with the usage and be fine, which is absolutely wild, but I'm happy for him. I say that so sad for Travis Etienne, but he's just not getting the offensive snaps he needs. He's not getting the workload. He's not getting the targets we would expect in this offense. And so I'm going to sit him on my bench, hope things get better. I think they will get better. Like, He's, this is pretty much his rookie season, right? So this happens with a lot of rookie running backs. You have to beat out the veteran. You have to prove that you deserve more time on the field. So I think by the time we hit midseason, it'll get better for him. But for now, he's going to sit on my bench. And it stinks, though, because his next three games are against the Chargers, the Eagles, and the Texans. Like Three amazing running back matchups. I just don't have the confidence. But let's hope things get better. If he goes off on my bench, I'm fine with that. Like, I really am. That means, like, yay, good things are happening. But... I can't keep putting him him into my lineup. Same with Kyle Pitts. That's a great way to put that. I'm okay with him going off on my bench at this point because at least that means he's being thought of. Yeah. At this all. is so he, sad. This is why this is the worst. Why did you make us do this segment? Now I'm just I'm, sad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, we're gonna get into the news and notes here, and I don't think it's gonna make you any happier. So let's just get through that real quick before we get into our scrumptious starts of the week. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. 
right, first up, this is a sad one. Real sad. Trey Lance, another one of my guys, uh, had season-ending ankle surgery. Well, I guess technically it might not be season-ending. Like it's, it's like a 12-week injury, but by the time he rehabs and is ready to actually play, like he's going to be out this year. So that's very disappointing. We won't get to see him uh, until next year. And at that point, it'll be three years removed from when he's played football for longer than a five seconds. And that's not great for his career. Like, what are your thoughts on Trey Lance and Dynasty, Jake? It just makes me want to not roster him in Dynasty. It's not even... Because of him as the player, it's the injury combined with what the coaching staff is bound to do now that he's once again off the field for a year. It was already going to be an uphill battle for him with uh, Shanahan there, just not not vibing with him. So, I mean, the best case scenario for your dynasty teams almost feels like if he were to get cut or traded from the Niners and get a fresh start somewhere else. But it's giving me. Well, he's never going to get cut. They traded three first yeah. round picks for him. They'll still be using first round picks on him for the next two years. So That's he's not going to get. I, I think he is a starter for the 49ers next year because Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent next year. They would have to I sign think he'll him get to a bag. Big, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, nobody wanted him this Could year. Could you imagine if the 49ers franchise tagged? You Jimmy can't. Gar- I don't think you can. It's a one-year deal. I don't think you could franchise tag someone after that. I don't know. I would have to look into the rules, but I don't think you can. I think Jimmy will be gone. He made the right choice. He came back to the 49ers. I mean, the dude could not have a bigger smile on his face the instant that Trey Lance was hurt. It was creepy. It was wrong. It really was. I mean, he was out there with the biggest smile on his face while he's still on the stretcher. Like, maybe... Like, I get it. Every backup quarterback's probably a little excited to get the play, but you hide it, you know? Be a normal human Keep it inside. And yeah. hide it for a hot second. Like, you could be excited the rest of the game when you're making good plays, which he didn't make any of, but <laughs> like, I don't know. It was it was odd. Like, hide your smile a little bit, dude. Okay, and then after the game, so there was this video of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo signing, you know, stuff for 49ers fans, which – there were some people in 49ers media who made it seem like that was like a weird thing to do. I don't think signing autographs for fans is a weird thing to do, but his smile <laughs> was literally like, it looked like uh, to quote my favorite show, he slept with a hanger in his <laughs> mouth, like as wide as his grin could like, go. Obviously you're going to be excited. You got your job back. Like, obviously we're humans, but you just hide it better that's all i'm saying just just hide it better whatever it is what it is jimmy Garoppolo. i'm sure we'll bring this team to the playoffs they have a very good roster um you know he'll put up 100 yards again for them in the playoffs and their defense will win them a game and everyone will bring up his quarterback win loss record so that's all that matters i guess all right moving on mike evans suspended one game for fighting with marshawn Lattimore last week again Tom, back Thursday. Tom Brady has nobody to pass to this week. Uh, he's going up against your Packers. What are your thoughts on playing Tom Brady without Mike Evans? Maybe we'll see Chris Godwin. Maybe Julio Jones. Like, ooh, can you play him? No. I mean, Tom Brady's already been bad. He's been bad the first two weeks. He's been yeah. as terrible as somebody else that I'm going to talk about later on in the show. But <gasps> And he's not... He already didn't look like himself, and now he has zero help. 
I mean, Scotty Miller will still probably have like 200 yards, but those will be the only yards that he throws for, and it's just not going to be great for for Tom himself. Yeah, I think you got to find someone else. I, I really do. Like, would you play Jared Goff over Tom Brady? I feel yes. really bad because someone asked me on Twitter before last week's game, like, and I was worried about Tom Brady against the Saints, but someone said, would you play Jared Goff instead? And I said, I could not sit Tom Brady for Jared Goff. That was my answer. And of course that person came back to me after pretty mad, which it's like, then do it. Like, I didn't have the balls to do it, even though I'm on the ballsy podcast, but you, you gotta take your own, you know, gut opinion here. But now a week later, I'm like, yeah, maybe I would start Jared Goff over Tom Brady. Kate, what's your thoughts? Well, I actually got a, a Tom Brady start sit question last week and it was Carson Wentz or Tom Brady. And I was super high on Carson Wentz last week. Like that was my, my play of the week. I loved him. He was my streamer. And when it came down to it again, Michelle, I didn't have the balls. Like it's really hard to set these elite quarterbacks for someone that's been bad in the NFL for a long time. It's scary because if you get that wrong, you look like an idiot. If it's the opposite way, you're just like, okay, well, it's Tom Brady versus Jared Goff. I don't know what to tell you. So, yeah, it's hard. But when you're making those gutsy calls, you kind of got to go with yourself because people aren't going to make those bold calls for you all the time. Um, But, yeah, Tom Brady's a hard one to play this week. Alvin Kamara for the Saints, ribs practicing. um, So keep an eye on him. Justin Herbert, please play. Uh, He was practicing but limited today on Wednesday. Keep an eye on that. They need him. Like, I really don't want to see Chase Daniel out there, please. And then Hunter Renfro, not practicing with a concussion. But I don't – like, you're not playing Hunter Renfro at this point, right, in fantasy. You might be desperate with as many injuries or hanging out there. It's a possibility where he's a flex consideration. You know, we just talked about Tampa Bay having no receivers. It's like there are there are maybe options where you'd feel that way. Um, but Russell God, Gage or Hunter Renfro? Russell Gage. Yeah, so there should never be a reason that you need to run pro in them when you're going with Russell Gage. All right, that's it for the news. It's um, short and sweet, but yeah. I mean, it's so hard with injuries on Wednesday. Like, things will pop up. People, you know, Wednesday, some guys have limited participation, but they're fine. So just keep an eye on those reports as the week goes on. Let's jump into our scrumptious starts of the week. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Jake, I don't like your first guy because he was destroying the Steelers secondary. I mean, not really just him. It was kind of all these Patriots wide receivers. But who is your scrumptious start of the week? Well, I'm going with the only consistent Patriots wide receiver that I feel really confident in, which is Jacoby Myers. He's playing the Ravens this week. Uh, You mentioned it. I I didn't want to rub salt in those wounds, but he did pretty well last week uh, against your beloved Steelers. But he currently has a 29.7% target share on his team. That's the 13th higher among all pass catchers. Not too shabby considering that nobody higher than him in that regard has a better average depth of target as well. So he's getting deep shots. Actually, I should say no one except Mark Andrews, who weirdly has a higher average depth of target than him. But that's a that, that's an anomaly. Um, but Baltimore has allowed the most passing yards by far 
to be fair, this was last week when Miami just went absolute haywire and Tua and Tyreek and Waddle just absolutely destroyed them. But even their first week, it was a pretty bad showing from Baltimore going against Joe Flacco. So I feel like... um, And they were the worst last year too. So it's not even like you're really going off here. Like they gave up the most yards last year. So not seeing them be improved at all this year is worrisome. So I, I agree with you there. Yeah, it's just a consistent battle uh, that they're fighting to be decent even, and they're losing. But Nelson Aguilar was the flashy play. I know people are going to want to pick him up because he had a couple of big plays. He's the boom play guy. Jacoby's the steady presence who will at least be good for you, if not great, if he finally gets the touchdowns. I know last year it was just like the Julio Jones of old where he could never find a damn touchdown. It started off so far this way, but he has an incredibly solid floor and a really decent ceiling. So are you going with Rashad Bateman or Jacoby Myers? I will start with uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, I believe in him getting going here. I don't think that he's an anomaly, but I am starting Myers over guys like Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, and Deontay Johnson. (gasps) Why Deontay? What did he do to you? He didn't do anything to me. I just believe that the combo of floor and ceiling for him on that offense is better than Deontay on the Steelers offense because I believe that a Pickens breakout is forthcoming, and that's what's having me tempering expectations. What's so sad is that this year I feel like I've never been more proud of Deontay. I've never thought he looked like such a good wide receiver, like such an elite wide receiver as I do this year. The plays he's making are absolutely insane. He looks so good. And it's just, you know, everything that he out. does, like it screams elite, his route running, his sideline awareness, like his insane catches that he's made, like he is playing at a very high caliber level. And, but you're right. Like, I mean, it's hard to start him. I mean, I guess Jacoby Myers isn't scoring touchdowns, but the Steelers offense in general hasn't scored touchdowns this year. And he's been getting targets in 57 yards, 55 yards. So I get you. It, it's hard. I wouldn't sit Deontay, but I, I get what you're saying. The issue is, do you really think that the situation will improve with Kenny Pickett? Because yeah, I think maybe. that maybe we'll see Kenny Pickett play better. But does Matt Canada's offense still hold the Steelers back in terms of moving the ball consistently? I think it could. That's just me. Oh, yeah. All right, Kate, talk about your scrumptious starts of the week. All right, I told you I was going to talk about Miles Sanders, so here I am talking about Miles Sanders. Uh, I know you guys have been wondering why I want Miles Sanders in my lineup, but, I mean, the dude, like I said, is doing literally everything that we've wanted him to do for two years. He just did it a little bit later than you wanted him to do it. That is no reason to poo-poo what he has accomplished this year so far. He literally ranks eighth among running backs right now in PFF rushing grade. He is the RB11 for fantasy, averaging 5.9 yards per rush attempt. He is one of many studly running backs to have at least two or more 20-yard carries in the NFL. He is among the likes of DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley. He ranks fourth in yards after contact. He's tied for the 10th most uh, touches from scrimmage. Like, what more do you want from Miles Sanders? Because he's playing. He's playing well. Now they get the commanders who are tied for the third most points allowed. 
six most yards allowed, and they're allowing opposing offenses to play efficiently. That is literally what the Eagles are doing right now. They are going to steamroll them, and Miles Sanders is going to be able to come out and like just does he have a high ceiling though? That's my issue because he gets no targets, right? Like nine receiving yards in week one, six receiving yards in week two. He doesn't get all that many carries. I mean, being in the teens is good. Like he leads the team for sure, but you're not going to see him get 20 plus carries with Jalen Hurts there with those weapons. And he takes a lot of the carries. So it's basically touchdown or bust, which a lot of these running backs are. So I think it's fine to start him, but like, what's his ceiling? Unless he scores three touchdowns. See, I I think his ceiling is efficiency. I think that these are the kind of matchups like last week, they absolutely blew out the Minnesota Vikings and he saw 17 rush attempts. Like this, I'll take that all day. I'll say this is more me questioning you saying he should be an every week start more than this. I like this scrumptious start. I think he can have a good game. It was just more about, I think he's like, I'm not saying that he has the highest ceiling, but I think he's probably one of the safest flex plays that you can just leave in your lineup week to week, at least for the time being, because he's getting the workload. And Michelle, there's not a lot of running backs that just step into 15 touches per week. Like, sure. And Miles Sanders, like if we told you last year that Miles Sanders was going to get like 15 plus touches per game, you would have literally, what would you, like everybody's head would have exploded on the wall and he would have been drafted as the RB1. So are we going with James Robinson this week or Miles Sanders? Sanders. Uh, Let's Antonio Gibson or Sanders. Ooh. I mean, Antonio Gibson has sucked, so this should be pretty Yeah, I think I go with Sanders. Uh, AJ Dillon or Miles Sanders. I'll go with Sanders. All right. Jake, are like, do you object with any or all of those? No, the name that came to mind for me was where you start him over AJ Dillon. I would say absolutely, no, no bones about it. I actually think Miles Sanders kind of looks a little bit right now. It's early on, but he looks like what we wanted Rashad Penny to be a little bit. He doesn't have the high targets, but he's crazy efficient in that offense. So totally get it. All right, my guy, my scrumptious start of the week is Joe Burrow at the Jets. It's been a slow start for Burrow, right? He's only scored three touchdowns for two games. But I thought this could happen. I mean, we talked about this to start the season because of his his surgery for his appendix and how he didn't have an offseason and how he lost a lot of weight and was trying to gain it back before the season. Like Those were a lot of things to overcome to then just start the season immediately and be good. So I was a little bit worried about him, but now we're three weeks in. And I I think things could start getting better, especially in this matchup. The Jets have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks since the start of the 2021 season. Uh, And they've allowed three deep passing touchdowns so far this season, which is tied for the most in the NFL, which deep pass is 20 plus air yards. So I, I just think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to connect on at least one deep ball in this game, maybe even to T Higgins. Like, I think this is his get right game. I really do. Even last year, the Bengals lost to the Jets and Joe Burrow still put up three touchdowns. Like, I think he'll be completely fine. I'm playing him over Aaron Rodgers. I'm playing him over Tom Brady. I'm playing him over Tua, which I think some people might not do. Uh, I'll get to Tua in a little bit here. Spoiler. Uh, But Joe Burrow, get him into your lineups. I think it's going to be a nice week for him. 
Yeah, they let the Cleveland Browns and Jacoby Brissett, the Jets, to do do terrible things to them. Uh, so if if Jacoby can do it, there's no doubt that Joe can. Yes, I agree. All right, Jake, let's get into your second scrumptious start of the week. Who's your guy? It's another one that might sound gross to the ears, but David Montgomery gets to play Houston this week, and I could not be more thrilled for him if uh, if I happen to have him on any rosters, which I don't because I didn't believe on him, uh, believe in him coming into the season. But he currently, per Ted Seth on Twitter, has ranked fourth in total rushing yards over expectation, and per Sam Wallace, my bud, says through two, uh, through two weeks. Running backs with the highest percent of team opportunity. That includes rushing attempts and targets. David Montgomery is third on the list with 41%, technically tied with Leonard Fournette, but just a a decimal point away from it. And he has 72% of the backfield touches there. What we thought was maybe going to happen this season, or what I thought might happen, was like, it'll be all or nothing on David Montgomery. I didn't believe that it would amount to much but so far it's actually done great things for him the bears last week moving away from the run game inexplicably halfway through is what basically cost them the game if i assume even semi-rational coaching this week i think they are going to absolutely lean on him and a little bit of khalil herbert against the texans who are just awful against the run they're the third worst in the league i don't think anybody expected anything different out of them so this is one of those auto start weeks for him yeah, <clears throat> Jonathan Taylor destroyed them week one. And then Javante Williams was destroying him, like average five yards a carry. It's just for some reason the Broncos are like, no, we don't want good plays. So they don't <laughs> feed him enough. I don't know why, because all he does is produce um, pretty amazingly. But, you know, it's their choice. They don't like to be efficient, and that's that's fine. Sucks to that's, suck. That's on Nathaniel or, 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 Nathaniel Haggett. I almost called him Nathaniel Daniel. And I was like, there's no way that's you. <laughs> but that would be amazing. Um, I would like to call Nathaniel Hackett henceforth on this podcast, Nathaniel Daniel. <laughs> that would make him too cool. And he's not cool. <laughs> he's the opposite of that. He he used to be with the Packers uh, where we could find Romeo Diddy. So yeah, just right. really tying in. Where is Romeo Diddy? He is a. Uh, Wherefore a art thou Romeo? <laughs> All right, touche. That was good. Uh, Kate, who's your second scrumptious start of the week? I'm rolling with Brandon Cooks this week, okay? Like, I'm pulling a Jake, right? Like, this is my best Jake impression. I'm rooting for Brandon Cooks this week. That's not what he sounds like in this latest. Crushed it. Um, Beer and football. Uh, That's my best Jake impression, but no. You have a very deep voice, Jake. (laughs) really don't. Thank you. (laughs) Jake is the impressionist, so he is very disappointed in you right now. Oh, Jake, can you do a Kate impression? Oh, yes. Okay. No. Uh, no. No. Let's hear what. I try it. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's going to sound like Drew Barrymore or something for some reason, which doesn't. I can't. I can't. Let me. Let me prep so for this. You can't put me on the spot. All right. You got. You have until her Brandon Cooks argument, and then I'm Michelle, you gave it away. Okay. Well, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. We already knew. You already. Talked you about already it. gave it away. <laughs> How much white claw have you had? <laughs> I've. I've had two and a half. Right. Um. Anyway, Brandon Cooks gets the shy town bears this week. And it turns out the Chicago bears, not a very good football team. 
but I don't know who saw this coming, but just not, not super good here. But the matchup that I'm looking at is up against uh, Bears cornerback Kyler Gordon, who has allowed a league high 233 receiving yards in coverage in the slot, which uh, Brandon Cooks has is tied for the most targets out of the slot for the Houston Texans. This guy has allowed a league high 164 yards in the slot for literally a perfect passer rating. All right. He has a lot of catch on 13 of 13 targets in the slot. Yikes. Two touchdowns. Like it is bad, bad. Okay. Like 3.7 snaps per target. So that means he is being targeted on plays once every three snaps, which that is an absurdly high rate. That is. Um, and like just goes to show you how much offenses are looking at Kyler Gordon as a liability in targeting him. I think we can probably count on the Texans to do the same thing. He's performed out of the slot very well. I'm going to like call right now. I think Brandon cooks could finish as a wide receiver one this week. I'll play him over DJ Moore, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, I think that's like the range that you could rank him in. But again, would not be surprised at all if he finishes inside the top 12. Dang. Yeah. I mean, uh, I did not know that about Kyler Gordon, but those are some uh, damning stats. Those are some gross, atrocious stats. No, he's only two games into his career. Maybe it'll get better, hopefully for Bears fans and for that team. But hopefully not Brandon, for Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks <laughs> should be able to, you know, use his veteran knowledge and uh beat up on that rookie even more so yeah that's that's great that taught me a lot and i appreciate that my second scrumptious start of the week is dalvin cook versus the lions cook has scored just 21 total fantasy points through two games this season and that's ppr as well i was expecting a bigger performance last week like against the eagles i liked that matchup but the entire vikings offense fell apart Last week on Monday Night Football. Again, like I don't put that on Dalvin Cook. I put that on Kirk Cousins because something happens in that man's brain on Monday Night Football or any primetime game, and he literally cannot function. I don't, I would request not to play primetime games if I was the Vikings. I don't know if you can do that, but it's so fun to watch him crumble. Like the team they're (laughs) playing, the Lions, they don't have any primetime games. Can you just like be like, please don't put us in primetime because we cannot play? We cannot, our quarterback cannot function. But, anyways, they play at 1 p.m. on Sunday, Eastern time this week. Phew. So that's that's good. Kirk Cousins should be fine. The offense should be fine. And the Lions have allowed 13 rushing touchdowns over the last eight games dating back to last season. And Cook's last matchup against the Lions, this was in 2020, he had 252 scrimmage yards no. and two rushing touchdowns. So I, I think he can have a really big week this week. Uh, he did miss both games against the Lions last year, but Alexander Madison had 22-plus carries in each matchup and put up over 20 fantasy points in each of those games. So I think they're going to feed him. He's going to be great. Cook doesn't look bad out there. He's just, they're not utilizing him enough. And it's just the week one, he looked great. And then week two, just a disaster. So I'm confident in him. And I don't need to say who you'd play him over because you're not sitting Dalvin Cook anyways. But I just kind of want to put some confidence and the fantasy managers, because I know they're starting to freak out a little bit. Don't get cute. Don't be playing these later round guys over him. Just start Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I, like maybe use this as an opportunity, like test the water, see if 
I don't know, maybe you could trade for Davin Cook in the redraft league and, and see if you can get a panicked manager who is not happy about the crumble in prime time. Yeah. Yeah. See if you can exploit somebody who believes that Kirk Cousins is a vampire uh, and literally cannot play. Um, wait, no, it's the, it's a, he's a reverse vampire, right? Cause he can only play in the daytime. He can't play in the night. Yeah. I don't know. That sounded better in my head. <laughs> yeah. You're right though. It's the reverse. He's vampire. also like a very preppy vampire, very preppy reverse vampire. He's like, as white as them though. Anti-goth, like <laughs> as anti-goth as it comes. All right, let's hop into our biggest phase of the week. We'll quickly go through these. We don't want to hammer on anybody too hard here, but we're just giving some caution to the wind. Jake, who's your first guy? I got to mention this guy because people are going to want to start him based on namesake alone. I just want to caution you against playing Aaron Rodgers, playing against Tampa Bay this week. Please, please don't play him (laughs) unless it is absolutely dire. He's currently quarterback 29, and it's not an illusion. It's not one of these guys where it's like, yeah, but it, his stats, look they don't. They don't look better. He's tied for 23rd in passing attempts overall, 31st in intended air yards per attempt. He's been pressured the third most of any quarterback. And his main man on the offensive line, David Bakhtiari, is still probably not going to be back for this game. Tampa Bay, on the other side of things, has allowed the second lowest passer rating overall the eighth fewest yards and just one total passing touchdown that was against Dak Prescott for the majority of week one and then Jameis in week two not saying they're the studliest but those numbers are real Brady we talked about it probably doesn't have the weapons on the other side to try to make Rodgers throw it you know air it out to end the game not that he would anyways but It's really both sides of this are bad. It has one of the lowest implied point totals of any week three matchup. This is going to be an ugly defense, ground and pound, just not entertaining game and certainly not beneficial for your fantasy team. Yeah, I was writing this for my matchups article that will be out on Friday, but on NFL on NFL.com. But Aaron Rodgers, the last time he played the Buccaneers, which is in 2020, which I do, I think their roster is very similar to what it was in 2020, especially on defense. But Aaron Rodgers had below a 50% completion percentage, had just 160 passing yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Like, brutal and that was with Devonte adams and now he kind of doesn't have anybody like that so yeah i I'm, I'm completely with you there uh kate who's your fate of the week i'm just gonna go with the entire arizona cardinals backfield like not in on that not feeling it like a couple reasons here first we've got a potential injury for james connor he was forced from week two with an ankle injury which like sounds about par for the course um uh, saw Daryl Williams. He got in there. He played really well, uh, average 7.4 yards per attempt and was like pretty efficient. But I don't know about you guys, but like this offense, not good. Like it, I think this Arizona offense is. Did you see that second half versus the Raiders? I, I did. But like, so the the concern for me comes from the fact that like this is not the offense necessarily getting their crap together. This is Kyler Murray heroics. And I don't think you can bank on heroics week in and week out. Like there's 
like that's kind of giving you a false sense of security here. Like it will cave in this entire fallacy that the Arizona Cardinals are a good football team will cave in. Um, don't just pay attention to that late mat or that, that late game um, go ahead, touchdown. And the like, don't, don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Um, regardless of whether or not like James Connor is in the game, like he's not looked good. Uh, so if he's playing, I'm not looking to play him. He's averaging a career low three yards per carry, just 3.3 yards per touch, like incredibly inefficient. Even if it's Daryl Williams, he's still working behind a shaky offensive line in a shaky offense. And the Rams, I'm not, I'm not looking to test too many guys against the Rams in the run game just yet. So cooling expectations for that entire backfield. Okay, but if you drafted James Conner, it might be hard to sit him. Like, how low are you going here? Is it Jeff Wilson against the Broncos over James Conner? Yes. Damian Pierce, your boy, over yes. James Conner? Whew, what about Rashad Penny, who's done nothing for James Conner? <laughs> that, one's, that one's very tough. I'm holding out on Rashad Penny for, like, one more week. Okay. But if you ask me like next week, like if I had three weeks under my belt of being totally demolished by Rashad Penny, I might, I might be rolling with the James Connor. The issue with but... sitting James Connor is that he is the opposite of allergic to the, to the end zone. Like whatever that is, uh, he gravitates Gra- towards a it. Ma- uh, it's like he's a, magnet. a magnet. So if they get near the goal line, like it's going to James Connor and he's going to score. Because no matter what, that dude gets into the end zone. So that's the only risk with sitting him is that they end up being like someone gets tackled at the one yard line and that's where he's going to score. But he, he like through two games, he's the RB 26, like in week one, he did have a touchdown and that was essentially the only thing that saved his fantasy day. Like, it's not like that touchdown boosted the upside. Like last year, I feel like he was solid enough that even if he didn't have an absurd touchdown rate, he's still really good for fantasy. But I mean, based on what we've seen so far, he just doesn't look fantastic. And I worry just, just a little bit. Uh, and I don't love the matchup. So no. Okay. My guy, it's one that he just went off. So people are going to be excited about him. He may even be on waivers. So people probably put in a waiver claim, which by the way, I'm completely fine with, but I want him on my bench. So Hopefully you have another quarterback. It's Tua Tagovailoa. I wasn't going to say his last name because I Tungavailoa. suck at saying it. Tungavailoa. I just, it's really Tungavailoa. the end of it. I cannot do it. It doesn't work in my mouth. Tungavailoa. It's the O's. You can't do the O's. It's just like the start of the show. Yeah. The contributor. Tago, t- Tungavailoa. I can't Tungavailoa. Literally can't Tungavailoa. say it. Tua. Tungavailoa. Tua versus the Bills. Tungavailoa. I I can't play him against the Bills. I'm not saying that. Listen, I think this is a test. It, this is going to be a a real hard test to see just how great this Dolphins offense really is. Now, even if they fail, it's not saying the offense is bad. But if they do good against this Bills defense, and this is saying this offense is elite and like, goddamn. But I don't want to test that this week. They, the Bills have allowed a league low 11.3 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks since the start of last season. They've allowed just 4.3 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks this season. Matthew Stafford, who, by the way, the Rams have a pretty good offense. He scored 7.8 fantasy points. Now, Ryan Tannehill stinks. 
and the Titans, uh, you know, aren't looking good this year, but he scored 0.9 fantasy points. Just <laughs> that's, like, that's insane. Piggyback on that, this in week two, Ryan Tannehill's passer rating against the Bills was the lowest that he's ever had with the Titans. Like it, it was not pretty. It was so bad. So bad. Now everyone's really excited about the Dolphins after last week, as they should be. Like super exciting game, super exciting offense. Everyone went off. And but a lot of their success, I mean, pretty much all of it has come from deep plays, right? Which is awesome. We want that for fantasy. But the Dolphins do not give up. I mean, sorry, the Bills do not give up big plays. They've allowed the like they're the best defense when it comes to deep passes allowed they've only allowed seven deep completions again when I'm talking about deep passes it's 20 plus air yards seven deep completions since the start of last season that's obviously the fewest in the league because that's insane they've allowed the fewest pass yards on deep deep uh pass attempts they've allowed zero deep pass touchdowns which is absolutely insane that they've allowed zero touchdowns of 20 plus air yards since the start of last season and we're going to count on two of them and Tyreek just getting this done in this offense and Jalen Waddle like I think the two wide receivers might be okay and they could have some nice plays and they'll have targets but I cannot trust Tua against this defense at all and if he does it great for him I'll keep him on my bench for now I'm starting Kirk Cousins Joe Burrow Matthew Stafford maybe even Jared Goff over him this week like I said, if he goes off, then man, the Dolphins have a good offense, but I just don't see that happening. I feel like this is kind of like sending Tua to face this Buffalo Bills defense is kind of like taking your three-month-old and standing them up on their little feetsies with your hands under their armpit and encouraging them to try to take their first steps. That seems like it's a no-go. Like you are setting them up for failure. If you are trying to get them to take their first steps and start walking at three months but old. But what if they already took their first steps before? Oh, and please. then you're trying to show it and off. What again. if those first steps were on a surfboard in the <laughs> middle of space? Then what? <laughs> then what? I'm just it it like I mean Tua, like it's really exciting because in in my metaphor, he just learned how to roll over on his own. And like that's super exciting. But anyways, and it's a stepping stone for things to come. Besides getting people confused, I just want to bring up like last week it was against the Ravens, who were the worst passing defense last year. The Bills were the best, and we saw Matthew Stafford and the Rams in Week One just like die. Cooper Cup was fine with lots of short targets and completions, but. Matthew Stafford just died for fantasy and for his team. And then he goes up against the Falcons is completely fine. So I I think it's just way more to do about the Bills defense than it is anything with Tua. I think he's good. I think the offense is good, but not trusting him this week. Now, Jake, would you rather play Aaron Rodgers or Tua this week? Oh, oh, oh. I would rather eat my own foot. But if I had (laughs) to choose between one of them, I would still start Tua. I wouldn't feel good about it, but I'd do it. Okay. All right. I think we saw, um, at least last week, like like I said, I think we're all setting to a, up to fail here, especially coming off of week two expectations that we set. But at least Tua has Tyreek Hill and Jalen yeah. Waddle. Like, there was a while there in the game he had zero touchdowns and two interceptions, right? Because I was like, oh, God, what is happening? So it's like, it ended up being amazing, but there was a scary period. I don't know. 
I, I'm happy to keep him on my bench because I think he'll be good throughout the year. But but uh, the thing week. is, like Aaron Rodgers in uh, week two had a solid game and he was still the quarterback 16 for fantasy. Like it didn't translate at all to fantasy points. So like Tua, maybe it wasn't as pretty in week two up until like the fourth quarter. So are we saying to start Jared Goff against the Vikings over both of them? Yes, I would. Okay. All right. All right. Let's move on to our, your second fate of the week, Jake. Yeah. I, I'll come out and just say, I don't feel as great about this one, but I feel so uneasy about the San Francisco backfield. So I was going to have just Jeff Wilson, but honestly, whoever is out there, I'm not comfortable with. They have elevated Marlon Mack off of their practice squad because another running back in their backfield got injured again because that's all that happens. I don't know what, what they feed the, the running backs in San Francisco, but it's if, if, if it's rice or Roni, then they need to stop it um, because they're always injured. But it doesn't matter who's what there. What would your alternative to rice or Roni be? I don't know, like beef or Roni? Something with Roni. I, I only eat foods that are Roni-based. Macaroni? Um, <laughs> Yes, that's exactly right. But <laughs> Jeff Wilson is is their lead back, quote unquote, right? And yet he still only played 49% of snaps this past week. And yet he still only had 40% of the backfield rushing attempts this last week. Tyrion David Price, who again is the guy who was injured, had like 31%. This was a true split backfield, which is rare for a Kyle Shanahan backfield. I understand that, but... This seems like the way forward. I can't trust Jeff Wilson. We mentioned Miles Sanders' lack of targets. Jeff Wilson's not getting nothing. Two targets seemed like too, too many this last game. And with Jimmy Garoppolo stepping in, maybe people just think, yeah, well, the quarterback won't steal rushing attempts from him. I don't care. Debo Samuel is probably more likely to get involved with this offense, you know, in the backfield then Jeff Wilson would be consistent in that same backfield. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, Kate, who's your second fade of the week? I'm, again, fading an entire backfield, just like Jake, and I'm actually sticking with the same matchup. I'm sticking with the uh, the Denver Broncos versus the 49ers, and it's like I, this is not a sit Javante Williams take, but this is a temper expectations take because I do worry – uh, just about what they, this offense is going to be able to accomplish against the 49ers. Denver, surprisingly, is only a 1.5-point underdog at home against the 49ers, which I think the 49ers are far and away the best offense. I think that like defensively, they are far and away the best defense on that field. Like. I can't imagine a world where the issue is Russell Wilson always beats the 49ers. That's why. And the one game that the 49ers have won, like any time recently that we can remember was because Jacob Hollister got tackled at the one inch line. So it's like Russell Wilson always beats the 49ers, but that has nothing to do with the running backs in this game. So go ahead. But like to your point, like if Russell Wilson is going to be um, targeting his wide receivers, we still have to hear about, uh, Jerry Judy, I don't know that there's been a uh, like a formal uh, announcement on his status for week three, but I think that this overall matchup is going to be a very pass heavy one. And I don't know that it's going to be one that 
is satiated by targeting Javante Williams 10 times. Like, again, I know like watching Javante Williams, it is something magnificent and something to behold, but like it still hasn't really translated to fantasy points. And I think that's an issue. Like week two, RB 22, like, he was far and away the better running back. And I, but again, that's not to discredit what Melvin Gordon has done. Cause he looks good too. Like this backfield is a mess and I don't think that they're going to be efficient enough to keep up against the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. And the 49ers have a really good run defense. They allow like three somewhere in the three yards per carry. They're one of the best in the league since last year. So I agree with you. I love Javante Williams and I've still, I have trouble plugging him in this week and I'm not even thinking about Melvin Gordon. So I like that by you. And then my last fade of the week is Terry McLaurin versus the Eagles. Uh, You know, Terry McLaurin, uh, he went from getting all of the targets nonstop, like a gazillion targets and being the only guy with Washington to, all of a sudden kind of becoming an afterthought. I mean, this year, Curtis Samuel's getting tw- nearly 24% of the team's targets, while Terry McLaurin's at 14%. He has the same target share as Antonio Gibson, who's also at 14%. And then you have Logan Tom- Thomas there at 13%. You have Jahan Dotson there at 12%. Now they have guys to target. It's not just a Terry McLaurin show, which like, I think we all agree McLaurin is talented, but if he's not going to get the targets, then... It doesn't really matter because even with the targets last year was kind of mediocre for fantasy. It was a guy you couldn't trust all that much. And they play the Eagles, who their secondary looks very good, new and improved, especially in week two. They shut down Justin Jefferson. He had 12 targets, Justin Jefferson did. Like If you told me Justin Jefferson had 12 targets in a game and then just 48 receiving yards, that's insane. Like That's what Darius Slay did to him. And then you have James Bradbury on the other side, so... It's going to be hard for McLaurin. Last year, uh, in his two games against the Eagles, seven receptions for 61 yards, two receptions for 51 yards. Like, not terrible, but definitely not good. So, and then you add in all these other pieces. Like, I really just I don't want to start him at all. I, I would rather start Curtis Samuel uh, on his same team if I had to start one. I'd rather start the rookies, Drake London or Garrett Wilson. I'd rather start Devonta Smith who has a better matchup and, you know, got his targets last week. So, or I guess he's in the same game, but definitely a better matchup against the commanders. The interesting thing is that Terry McLaurin ranks top six in routes run by a wide receiver. And he's just not getting the targets. Like he is on the field. That's great. He's running routes. That's great. But clearly Carson Wentz has zoned in on Curtis Samuel. um, And Outside of that, he's spreading the ball. So it it's interesting. And I don't see Darius Slay falling around Curtis Samuel. Like, if he's going to be on one guy, it's going to be McLaurin. So I, I just – I don't think this is going to be good. I think Curtis Samuel can be just fine in this matchup, but not Terry McLaurin. All right, that's it for our fades. Before we wrap up this show, let's just go through some questions real quick here for helping with lineups and some flex plays that you might be considering First one up here, it's Daryl Henderson, which, by the way, Cam Akers got some work in, but Daryl Henderson was still clearly the better play. He got the touchdown. He's going up against Arizona. Or you have Josh Jacobs at Tennessee. Which guy are you going with? It's so gross because 
especially last week, n- nobody was targeted. There was one target betwixt the two of them in week <laughs> two, uh, and that went to Josh Jacobs. Now, Josh Jacobs is getting a lot more of the overall workload, which is good, and he has a better matchup on paper against Tennessee, so I guess I want to say air on the side of workload with Jacobs. 19 carries for 69 yards for Jacobs. One reception. Yeah, it's not pretty. I, I, if I'm going with one, it's I'm going to stick with Daryl Henderson. Like Cam Akers may have gotten more work, but I think all he did was prove I shouldn't have gotten that work. Like when they go watch it, they're like, ah, we felt bad after week one, but you kind of just proved to us why we weren't giving it to you. So I think it goes back to more Henderson in week three. I'm going to stick with Henderson. I'm going to split the difference here and say, if you need a home run play, like if you're projected to be down in your matchup this week, go with Daryl Henderson. I think he has the higher upside of the two. Um, But if you just need like a safe 10 to 15 points, I'll roll with Josh Jacobs. Cam Akers, 15 carries for 44 yards. It's so gnarly. Oh, Oh, that's 2.4 rush yards per attempt this year. 2.4. Not not great. Not great. He did not get the same treatment as James Robinson, apparently. I don't know what happened. Uh, Marquise Brown versus the Rams or Juju against the Colts. Juju had, you know, an okay week one, did nothing in week two. Marquise Brown has been just meh for the first two weeks. Which one are you going with? Can either of them have a big game in week three? I think Hollywood Brown still has it in him to have a big game here this week. And I'm, I'm going to keep harping on him and I'm not taking him out of my lineups for this first six weeks while DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. So I don't know truly what the target distribution is going to look like moving forward in Kansas City. I would rather trust the funneling through Hollywood Brown. See, I'm actually going to pivot in the total opposite direction here. I'm going to go with Juju. And for me, this comes down to like, Watching the game, there were so many opportunities for Patrick Mahomes to get Juju the ball. And there were so many times where he would have been a great throw if Patrick Mahomes had either been looking or if the offensive line didn't break down. Like, I do think that this is a very smart offense that I trust to go back, look at the tape and see we could have used Juju here. We could have used him here. We could have used him here. And I'm going to hope that they actually step it up and find ways to get him the ball. Cause I do think that at, as of right now, it's like, it's not like the, the Cardinals are really looking like the much better offense here. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't decide. Cause it, it seems like Marquis Brown should get be getting all the targets. Like, why is he not? It seems it's, like Juju should get all the targets, yeah. but he's not. And like, then if I know Jalen Ramsey got his butt kicked, by Stefan Diggs, but he picked it up last week. Like I I just don't see Marquise Brown beating Stefan Diggs all that much. I don't even know if he would shadow him at all, but I don't I, I'm I'm gonna go oh yeah, what am I saying? You said uh Stefan Diggs? Yeah. Oh well I met Jalen Ramsey okay. on <laughs> Stefan Diggs killed Jalen Ramsey. I don't yeah. know if Ramsey will shadow Marquise Brown, but I, I think I lean Juju, but it's close. It's close. I don't like either the which is sad because I have them both on one of my teams. I think the Chiefs are the more reliable team right now, even in week two. Like Patrick Mahomes did not have a great game. And I, I still think, think this looked like yeah. the better offense. I think the Chargers have a good defense, especially like in the slot. So that could have hurt Juju as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean with Juju this week. 
we have two more here. Garrett Wilson, the rookie for the Jets, went off last week. He had 14 targets. He had eight receptions for 102 yards and two touchdowns. Week one, I mean, even his, you know, NFL debut, four receptions, 52 yards, eight targets. Yeah, like he's been really good. He gets the Bengals or DK Metcalf, who has not been solid because Geno Smith is passing the ball versus Atlanta. Jake. But he should be good with Geno Smith. He was last season. I don't get it. DK Metcalf is good enough to erode that. He should be able to. I should be able to will it for him. But because I cannot, I will take Garrett Wilson, especially because Joe Flacco is getting the start again this week. And that connection, it just looks legit for right now. So I'm not going to back away from that. I'm with you. I'm going with Garrett Wilson. Yeah, the Jets have been a high-volume passing offense, and um, I I think, like, they've been funneling things through Joe Flacco for whatever reason, and I think they're going to keep rolling with it, but he's looked solid. Yeah, I mean, the last two weeks, they had to score points, so they threw a lot, and I think the same thing's going to happen against the Bengals, so I think they're going to throw a lot. And then lastly, Alan Lazard versus the Buccaneers. He came through slightly for fantasy in his first game back because of the touchdown. It was saved his day, but it was terrible besides that. Or Devonta Smith, who had a terrible week one, came back in week two, got lots of targets, 80 yards, and he gets the commanders who have been giving up crazy yards. Which one are you going with? This is super easy for me. This is Devonta Smith, and I'm not giving it a second thought. Yeah, same. same. Uh, Michelle, you need to to be asking us more difficult questions. Sorry, I'm sorry. Devonta <laughs> Smith, I just like I understand. Oh, it's our wide receiver one. That's great, but I'm just not. I'm not rolling with this offense uh, at all. I'm not rolling with the Packers. Um, I mean, any piece that I can get of the Eagles offense, I want it, and I want it now. Yes, Jake. I'm not letting you off this podcast without doing a Kate impression. Um, you guys, oh my God, wide receiver one, Alan Lazard. Can you believe it? Uh-huh. <laughs> that was so bad. Jake, at least do a player that I love. I was doing Kate doing an impression of people talking about Alan Lazard, and I think I fucking <laughs> nailed it. You're going to need to work on that because at the start of next week's episode, you're going to need to do better because that was disappointing. I know how good you are at it. (laughs) All right. If you guys have any questions before uh, this week starts, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast EM. And you can find me, Kate, at FF Ball Blast. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye.